0: Welcome to Covenant Conversations, episode number 15. Today, your hosts, Peter Waschkowitz in New York and with Rao in London, will discuss special mandatory redemptions. It's a provision in bonds that doesn't get as much attention as it deserves, but it can be used to the detriment of bondholders. Hey, Peter, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. So tell me, we've been talking about special mandatory redemptions at our end and in light of the failed mergers and acquisitions that uh, you've been seeing on your side of the pond. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, up to now, we've kind of been talking about transactions that a lot of companies have been pursuing to raise liquidity. But uh, what we haven't discussed is a lot of companies um, possibly trying to preserve liquidity have um, have walked away from acquisitions that had been announced, uh, you know, pre-COVID um, with, the, with, the, with, with the buyers uh, you know, claiming that uh, MAE has occurred and that you know circumstances have changed and that gives them an out from um, their obligations under the merger agreements. Um, you know, a few examples are uh, Sycamore walked away from its acquisition of L Brands, Victoria's Secret business. Uh, Carlisle walked away from its acquisition of a 20% stake in American Express global business travel. Um, Ally Financial walked away from its acquisition of Cardworks, and uh, recently, Simon Property Group walked away from its acquisition of Taubman Centers. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting. Now, none of these uh, none of these acquisition uh, none of these acquisitions kind of implicated a special mandatory uh, redemption. But given how many acquisitions have been terminated, and you know, probably some uh, future ones also will be terminated, it, it's definitely um, worth uh, you know w- telling our listeners about these provisions.
0: Let's go back to the basics. What are special mandatory redemption provisions and how are they relevant?
1: Um, well, so in, in the normal acquisition financing, um, a company will issue bonds and will, uh, you know, the proceeds will go into an escrow account. And um, upon the closing of the acquisition, the proceeds will be released uh, to fund an acquisition. Um, for uh, sometimes issuers will issue bonds well in advance of um well in advance of of the uh, anticipated closing date of an acquisition and the um the, the indentures will will have a provision that says you know if the acquisition doesn't close by a specified date or if if it's terminated before it's it's consummated the the issuer is required to redeem the bonds at um at 101
0: okay so what this does is, when you're issuing bonds to fund an acquisition, it gives the bond, sorry, it gives the issuer an out from redeeming the bonds that make hold if the acquisition fails and it doesn't need the money anymore, and it allows them to redeem those bonds at one hundred one.
1: Yeah, th- 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 that's exactly right. Um, now, there's sometimes, uh, you know, I- I'm not sure. Whether, you know, this, this you know, in, in there, there are cases where this provision actually is not really beneficial to either the bondholders or the company. Uh, for instance, there's a, there's a company, you know, you notified me of, or alerted me to this situation uh, last week, um, where waste management, um, they had announced last year that they were going to acquire advanced disposal services. And the company issued $8 billion of bonds to fund the acquisition. Um, they issued the bonds uh, maybe mid to late last year, um, and their acquisition agreement said that um, the acquisition needed to close by July 13th, 2020. Um, now, so the, um, these bonds all had uh, special mandatory redemption provisions that said that if the, uh, if the acquisition was not closed by July 14th, 2020, waste management had to redeem these bonds at 101. Um, now, last week, the company announced that it and um, Advanced Disposal uh, Services had reached an agreement to extend the, um, the closing date of the acquisition to September 30th, 2020. Um, unfortunately, the, the special mandatory redemption provisions in, in, uh, in waste management's bonds don't really um, have, a, have a carve-out for, um, you know, for if the acquisition date is extended by mutual agreement of the parties. So, you know, because the provision says if the acquisition is not closed by July 14th, um and because the companies have have agreed to extend the closing date to September 30th, it looks like the company could be on the hook to redeem the bonds um unless they close before July 14th, which does not look like uh does not look like it will happen. Uh one little wrinkle in this situation is that all of these bonds that waste management uh um issued they were not redeemable um, until maturity unless the company paid a make-hole. So uh, before the company announced the extension of the acquisition closing date last week, all of these bonds were trading at around 110, you know, maybe 108, maybe 112, but they were all trading at, at a price that I assume reflected um, the current make-hole price. Um, since the companies announced the extension of the uh, closing date of the acquisition, they've all traded down to about 103, 104. Um, and so you're left with a situation where the company is going to be on the hook to have to redeem these bonds uh, at 101, which I'm assuming it does, doesn't want to do, given it it will just need to issue new bonds, um, you know, to fund the acquisition. And obviously, the note holders don't want their, uh, their bonds redeemed at 101, given that uh, uh, besides the special mandatory redemption provisions, they can only be redeemed at the make-all through maturity.
0: So this is probably a situation where the special mandatory redemption provision has uh, unintended consequences for both sides
1: it's exactly right i, I mean i was trying to figure out if, if this advantages uh, the company if it advantages the bondholders it definitely it, it doesn't in this situation now that's not saying that there aren't situations where it could and you know i i know that you had looked at bonds uh, earlier in the year that had similar uh, special mandatory redemption provisions but that really, um, you know, uh, materially affected, uh, negatively materially affected the bondholders. Well, could you, well, what situation was that again?
0: So in February, Cantar, which is a London headquartered data group, used its unusually broad special mandatory redemption provisions to partially redeem its 9.25% senior notes at 98 0.612% during the non-call period. If it hadn't had those special mandate redemption provisions, it's, it's possible that it would have had to pay the makehold premium to redeem those bonds. Now, counterintuitively, uh, Kantar was able to use its special mandate redemption provisions even though the acquisition would be completed. So generally, you have an SMR provision, which is applied when the acquisition does not complete. Uh, either it's terminated, like you said, or it doesn't complete by a specific date. But Kantar was able to, in effect, convert this special mandatory redemption provision, which was put in place, which is generally put in place for when acquisitions don't complete, into a very nice and cheap redemption option for itself.
1: So yeah, so uh, so right, so that that situation is kind of the complete opposite where um you know the company was able to take advantage of these provisions to um to you know uh, to replace expense, uh you know more expensive debt with cheaper debt um exactly. that it otherwise would not would never have been able to to do.
0: Exactly. So to round up this little podcast on special mandate redemption Peter what are your takeaway points?
1: Uh, you know, my takeaway points are just that you know it, it's it's not it's not that common in in U.S. bonds to have a special mandatory redemption provision. However, um, you know it's not you know it's a provision that is it, it's pretty easily um, visible in the in the document. So it's not kind of one of these um, dangerous provisions that you need to kind of you know search with a fine tooth comb. Uh, you know, th- there's a section called special mandatory redemptions. I, I think my takeaway is just that. Um, whenever you see this in a bond, you know you should think about kind of the implications of the provision and think about what will happen if the proposed acquisition that the notes were issued for um, either is canceled or is not closed on that date. Um, you know, it it could be that nothing uh, nothing bad happens, but it could be a situation like Cantar where um, you know you're holding bonds that um, you know you thought were going to get you were going to get a, a a pretty good return. But the company was incentivized to actively use that provision uh, to to replace your 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 bonds with with cheaper debt.
0: Exactly right. I couldn't agree with you more. Bondholders should scrutinize their special mandate redemption language and not assume its boilerplate and ignore it, and just to understand the risks involved, because that could affect their trading price and the return on their investment.
1: Yeah, so it it just you know it's a provision that I had I, I was not particularly familiar with, but uh, I will now keep uh, keep an eye out every time I, I look at a new uh, a new bond in the in the, in the market uh, coming to market.
0: Great, we always flag it in our reports, and if anyone wants to use oh anyone wants to read the Cantar report and the creative structuring they did to well use or let's say misuse the special mandate redemption provision, please do reach out to us. That was great, Peter. Thanks so much.
1: All right, thanks, Ruda. Uh, take care.
0: You too. Bye.